Life would be easy if it weren't for other people. I mean, am I right? I'm Julie Holmes. This is the Smarter Sales Show. And today you are going to listen and laugh with our special guest who literally wrote the book called Life Would Be Easy If It Weren't For Other People. Stay tuned. And by the end of this episode, you'll know how to make your life sales, your life in sales a little bit easier. You are listening to the Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merritt Kahn and Julie Holmes. Welcome to the Smarter Sales Show, your weekly tech tips and technique tune-up with a special focus on virtual selling. The Smarter Sales Show is for you if you have to get the work, do the work, and you know that more is possible. Not only do we teach you the tech and technique to sell more and stress less, we also talk to you about strategy, structure, and systems based on our experience as entrepreneurs and working with entrepreneurs. My name is Merritt Khan. I coach professionals so they always know what to say in any sales situation. And I'm joined by my co-host, Julie Holmes, who knows exactly the right sales tech for any situation. Now, today we're wrapping up a series of four episodes on building relationships and rapport in a virtual world. So you're going to want to click on the link in your show notes for free bonus content if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, or if you're watching us on the Sales Experts channel, you can find your free bonus content in the attachments link. You'll also find links to connect with us directly if you're open to learning about our VIP days and coaching offers so we can fast track your success. And we've got a lot to cover today. So are you ready? Let's get smarter in sales. Yay! Oh, round of applause. I'll just do it on my own because, oh my gosh, today is Connie Day. It's officially Connie Day. And I don't know about you, Merit, but I have been waiting for Connie Day for some time now. So I, I will do the little, I'll do, I'll do the little intro. Connie, are you ready? I am. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here it is in like statistics, which you know, warm my heart. 25 years 2 million people, 1,000 organizations, a Hall of Fame speaker, an award-winning author, seven books, former radio and TV personality, score a comedian of great renown and skill, a human behavior expert, and what we could all probably use now and then, now more than then, is a therapist. She is also a mentor to us, which we are hugely grateful for, one of our favorite people on the planet, Please join us in welcoming our friend, Connie Podesta. Oh, wow. Hello, Connie. Wow, wow. Hey. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say it's Connie Day because my husband, who I've been on lockdown with now, uh, said, somebody else is going to take care of you for an hour. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to do with myself alone. This is so cool. So he told me to tell you if you want to take me for three or four or five hours, he's fine having someone else be responsible for me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> the care well, and feeding. <laughs> do you come with like an instruction pack and like a, like a little care kit? Well, he hasn't figured it out yet. So that but <laughs> one of the things I say on stage is, you know, people are like, well, when you talk to our group, are you going to talk about COVID? We don't want it to be depressing. And I said, no, I'm funny. So and they go, but how can you make fun of COVID? And I said, well, there's a line as you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Merritt's a comedian and uh, there's a line. But one of the things I say is that when when we got married, 
we vowed sickness and health. So we know if they get COVID, we got to take care of them. And we did vow that, uh, you know, till death do us part. However, none of us went down this aisle and vowed that we would be locked down with this person for 24 seven for like a year. You know, psychologically, if they had told us last March (laughs) that we would still be wearing masks and being careful and doing all this a year. I mean, I think psychologically, thank God it happened little by little. So our brains, you know, could, could digest. So like, are you coaching? What are you coaching? And I said, well, I am talking about speaking and, and virtual and all this, but I end up doing a lot of stuff on marriage and relationships too, because they're like, I've been with this person too long. I don't know what to do with them. And of course we marry opposite. So, you know, I'm the one that wants to go and do, and I wake up going, what are we going to do today? And he's the laid back person that thinks this is the greatest thing because now we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to entertain. We don't have to meet people all the time. And so uh, anyway, life is, and most of us that have kids, as you know, Merritt with your, do you have children, Julie? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are they? 16 and 17. Oh my God. Okay. No one promised <laughs> to be locked down with two teenagers either. No. No. And, uh, you know, so I think if we have kids, they're even different, even growing up in the same house. So now we have all these personalities, you know, swimming around. Thus the book, life would be easy if it weren't for other people. Well, and let me even show you, we have a new, I have a new cover. A new cover. <laughs> okay. Now you hold yours up. I wrote that book like 25 years ago. However, for all of you going, oh, first of all, psychology, psychology, but second of all, this has been redone, reworked, rewritten over and over. This is the, this is the latest version because this is how I picture it. You know, here's all of us and we're just blah, 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 blah. And, you know, if, if we could just reach in and pick out usually like one or two people out of our family and one or two people out of our workplace and one or two people out of our neighborhood and just drop them, not, not hurt them, just drop them in a little, or, or, you know, put them in lockdown. I'm with you. Yes. Yes. So uh, we need a different room in the house that we were going to downsize because we have a home bigger than we need, but not during COVID. I mean, you need every nook and cray like, I can hear him from opposite ends of the house and he can hear me. And, uh, you know, it's just like, so anyway, that starts with relationships. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, people tune in because they're growing their business and they want to sell more and, and all of the extroverted salespeople who were, were attracted to this profession in the first place because they like to go out and entertain people and all of that. And now, you know, and when all of that came to a screeching halt, it was the introverted salespeople that were like, okay, we got this. Like, this is, this is how we like to roll anyway, which was interesting. Um, but I think, but, what I, yeah, <laughs> talk about opposites attract, like Julie and I, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> it was um, kind of fascinating is I just noticed that I'm not getting my, like, I'm not getting my energy replenished from that you know, interaction, being on the road and traveling and meeting people and all of that. And so I think I'm like putting a little bit more pressure on my 17 year old to just be like, Hey, are you, try- are you now trying to get it from Julie? <laughs> yeah. And from anywhere. Too bad. Too bad Julie. <laughs> from anywhere. No, right. Hey, listen, even, even as an introvert, I'm like, okay, even now I want to go out. 
Yeah. Like even now I'm desperate. Yeah, I'm desperate to go is, out so that I can ignore other people. Yes. So like, I can't ignore anybody when I'm on my own. The the difference is it took you a year to get there. And Merritt and I were there like the day after lockdown. We were like, what? We can't stay in this house anymore. And and it is true. We usually have like like even communication. We have the verbal generally marries the nonverbal and you know, or lives with or dates or hangs out with. And, and the verbal is like talking, what, what about your day? And what do we do? And what do you think about this? And showing Facebooks and doing, and the nonverbal is like, I, I, I oh. and the verbal is like, talk to me, tell me how you feel. And the nonverbal says, well, I feel hungry. I mean, that's as much as you get out of them. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I did find with my husband that he texts um, so sometimes when I need communication, I said, I really need to talk to you now. I know talking is not your favorite thing. So I'm going to go in the bedroom and text you. And then we can have a really like, he'll text me what he thinks. And well, here's what we should think. And here's, how, and I'm like, okay, you know, now if I could come in and you put a voice to that, that would even be better. You know, if we could read this words to me. So, well, I, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go. I was just saying that, uh, uh, you know, Dilly is always teaching me go- cool new tech that I can use to communicate with prospects and, and, you know, clients and everything. And, and I, so we've been talking about video emails and I thought, you know, what would be really interesting since I can't get an audience with my 17 year old, like, ugh, you know, yeah. spending time with my mom. I think yeah. what I'm going to do is record these little videos. Like I might be able to capture his attention for three minutes and in- instill my motherly wisdom, like three minute videos at a time. So what, what do you think? <laughs> One minute video. <laughs> Shorter. Okay. All right. 30, 30 second video. If it has really good music at the beginning and the end, a three minute to, to a 17 year old, three minute is like you listening to the worst date in the world for an entire dinner. Okay. It's not going to happen. All right. But, but look point. at the difference. You think three minutes is short. And if we talk to your son, he would think three minutes is an eternity. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Especially listening to like mom drops her wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you, you did, are, here's how kids anything I'm, like mine, Merritt, they don't think we have three minutes worth of wisdom. <laughs> that's they, true. They will really be surprised if you have 30 seconds of wisdom. In fact, you'd be better off if you did. Here's how mom failed today. <laughs> they would listen to that. Here's oh. the mistake mom made today. <laughs> that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they feel like, well, you know what? We could do our reaction. (gasps) We could do reaction videos, Merritt. Yes. Oh, because because kids today love reaction videos. So we could do reaction videos to them doing ridiculous stuff. Like here's my reaction (laughs) video to the food not being put away after dinner. Okay, there you go. (laughs) See? Interesting. See, there's so many valuable uses. I, you know, I often think that um, the things that make you successful in relationships make you successful in business, you know, it's because it's all relationships, right? Sales is all relationships. So whether it's like relationships with the end result being like we're doing business together and solving problems for each other, or the relationship is, you know, I enjoy spending time with you. You're, you're giving something to me that, you know, my, you know, feeds my soul and vice versa. Like it's still about relationships and we still have to communicate well with people and stand out from the pack. I certainly have to stand out from the pack in my new dating life. Um, you know, but the same principles apply, right? right. Well, that's sales, for example, is my number one audience. So I'm usually speaking to salespeople 
And, but sometimes there's marketing is in the room, support people are in the room, you know, and my clients are always very like, now, Connie, I know you're going to talk about sales, but be really careful now because we have support and, you know, you know, we've had speakers in here that talk about sales and then our support people feel really left out. So I always start and say, you know, the only people I have any interest in talking to are salespeople. And you can see the marketing and the support just like, here we go. You know, I like that yeah. moment where they're kind of ticks at me. And I know that they're not going to be in a second, but they are right now. And then I say, well, how many of you are not in sales? And of course, they all just raise their hand and they're just like, I can't believe the company didn't tell you. And I said, well, how many of you are married or in a relationship? Well, yeah. And how many of you have kids? Yeah. And how many of you have parents? Yeah. And I go, well, that's all sales. You know, 90% of communication in a relationship, okay, is sales. Where are we going to go? How are we going to spend our money? Where are we going on vacation? Whose turn is it to take out the dog? 90% of both of your communication with your kids is sales. You know, yeah. clean your room and hang out with decent, decent people and please make enough grades that you can go to college and get out of my house really quick, you know, <laughs> and, and maybe get a job and pay your own way. And 90% of our communication with our parents is sales. You know, it used to be them selling us. And as they get older, it's now us selling them. Mm -hmm. And so I start with my groups really from the beginning saying, if you compartmentalize sales into just selling a product or a service, that's not really what it is. Sales is every time we open our mouth, we're basically trying to sell someone on something. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It can be like now we're selling each other on ideas and what you just did. Oh, we could do reactions. That's still in a format of selling that idea in a good way, because yes. this would be cool and this could make us money or this could get us more clients or, or whatever. So sales should be the broader of it's every time you open your mouth, you're almost always in sales. That's such a good point. I mean, you know, and I think you know the best sales advice I ever got was to learn as much as you can about other people or about right. people. Mm-hmm. And then what I discovered a little later that was that really the first person I should study was myself. And, you know, because every time I open my mouth, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. sometimes you have to the, hear that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the it's, I don't even have to open my mouth. Right. Sometimes it's those sales messages. It's those messages we say to ourselves. I'm not even talking. It's like just happening all in my head. And, and it's, I think it's the sale we make to ourselves that opens everything else. Right. Just, well, this is why quarantine lockdown the whole thing was so hard psychologically on a lot of people, you know, take away the fear and all of that, that that's yes, that's there. But psychologically for a lot of people, their self-talk was constant. And most of our self-talk unfortunately is negative. Almost all of it. You know, why did I do that? That was really stupid. If I hadn't said that, I wish that, you know, most of us live in the past and the future and the past is guilt and the future is worry. And so the past is, you know, what should I have done better? I could have, I can't believe I said that. The future is, what if I do this? What if this happens? Mm-hmm. How would I handle this? And, and so, you know, when 
when we're trying to communicate, just like what you were saying there, it means that we have to be very, very, very self-aware. So when people have been locked down and in home and not seeing people, especially people who have a lot of negative self-talk, they used to be out in the world and they would say some of these things out loud and they were surrounded with people at work or at a happy hour or whatever saying, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not you, you did a great job today. And so their life was voicing the self-talk that's negative and having other people come back with, no, that's not right, that's not true, you're awesome. And then they would feel good. Well, when you're home and you're not seeing many people, or you're always on a virtual call where you would never voice these negative thoughts to give other people the opportunity. There's a lot of people now who have lived within their own mind. And that's been a really scary place to live for, for a year. Mm. So that kind of goes to what you're saying is that, you know, we've got to be the first self-awareness is the very first step to change. And that's why I kind of quit private practice and therapy. Because no one really, I mean, now I'm doing it on stage to hundreds of thousands of people. Now you're doing public therapy. Now I'm doing public therapy. (laughs) Most people that came to therapy didn't really want to change. They wanted to come for you to validate that they were screwed up because of other things, other people, society, their parents, when they were young, their spouse, their kids. They really wanted you to validate that so that they could go ahead and justify why they were ticked or mad or drinking or living with somebody abusive or whatever. And so self-awareness is the first step to good therapy. It means somebody has to acknowledge and go, yes, my marriage is terrible. Uh, My relationship with my parents is horrible. I don't like my boss, but I can't change them. Mm. I need to figure out what I'm doing in this relationship. What, how am I benefiting for staying with somebody abusive? How am I, uh, why am I continuing to engage in the same argument over and over? What's in it for me? And people fight you on that. In psychology, it's called fighting for your limitations. And I want you to both to remember this and all of you listening, because that's what people do. And Julie, you're one of the best technicians I know in this. I mean, in terms of, you know, what you understand about all this, but you probably find this too. You can, uh, somebody can come to you for advice, learning, coaching, mentoring, right? Mm -hmm. And you will tell them, you'll look at their situation and say, I got it. We need to do this. And then they'll start fighting, right? Yeah, but I tried that. I did that before. That doesn't work. We don't have the money. That's called fighting for your limitations. And, and, and Merit, you're great with the technique. So someone's coming to you like, well, how do I sell? And what do I do? And how do I close the deal? And you know exactly what to say. And they're like, no, well, no, no, I, you don't get me. You don't understand my situation. So when people are doing that, and they do it always, when they come to an expert or a coach or a mentor, they usually tell their problem. But then as soon as the expert says, here's what you need to do, they go into fight mode and tell you why that's impossible to do. Gosh, yeah. that's we see that all the time yeah. in sales. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely what we see. So yeah. let's 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 do a little role play here. So Julie, let's say I'm that person. So I yep. came to you and you told me exactly. Give me one tip that you might share with somebody that comes to you for coaching. 
Connie, I think one of the things that you should probably be working on right now to be able to sell more effectively is to master the technology that you're using to talk to people. Like, let's take Zoom, for example. Oh, We're gonna, wait, wait, wait. No, do, oh, no, 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 don't even. I mean, I've tried Zoom. I've tried it with my kids. They all want me to do it. And I mean, it's the makeup and it's the hair and oh my God, and, and I never can do it. So I, I just really need to learn what I can do better without having to do a Zoom call. <laughs> Keep yes, on. that's exactly what they would say. Yes, <laughs> yes. So go ahead. What would you say then? I would use one of Merritt's techniques where I would say like, look, there's a lot of things out here that we can't control right now. And it's easy to feel overwhelmed by all of that. But maybe we could pull out a few things. No, that Julie, I didn't say I was, I didn't say I was overwhelmed, Julie. I just said that I want to learn technology and I don't want to do Zoom calls. So what else can I do without doing anything virtual? Do you see what happens? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah that is definitely fighting okay. for limitations. Well, now we've put a label to it. It is called fighting for your limitations. They are limited because they are refusing to do Zoom or team meetings, right? It's limiting yeah. them. They've come to you because they don't want to be limited anymore. They want to make more money. They want to close more deals. They want to sell. So the minute you start to talk to them about something that's limiting them, they then fight for the same limitations that they called you to fix. And, and Merritt, let's do it with you. What's a technique you would give somebody in terms of relationships or a technique for sales? Um, how to get really clear about what you do in a way that resonates with your prospects, like really speaks to their emotional pains and talking, speaking their language. Merritt, I don't... What, you know what? I have a product. I don't care about their emotional pain. I don't care what they're going through. I mean, if you want to know who's going through something, it's me. This has been a terrible year for me. And here you are telling me, I don't want to get into that. So teach me how I can close the deal without knowing anything about them. I don't really care about them. Well, I mean, you know, you got to get past, you can't just talk about your features and benefits. You've got to really understand right. okay. what, they're but do you see what I did with both of you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I want you both to notice because for all of you listening, these two are two of the best experts in their field. I mean, if I wanted to know anything about strategies of sales or technology of sale or anything to do, these are the two people to go to. However, and if you want to know how to, you know, fix your marriage or get your kids or how to make more money, oh my God, I'm great at helping people make more money. You can come to me, but what I want you all that are watching to understand is if you're going to go to an expert, and you're going to pay them money or ask for their advice, and then they give you their best advice, I want you to watch for your tendency to back off and begin to fight for why that advice will not work for you. Yeah. And you two being in this and everyone else watching, any of you watching that are in coaching or mentoring or teaching or leadership or management, it happens in managers too. Anyone in a leadership position, They'll tell their employees, here's what we need to do. We need to do this. And the employees, there's always one at the meeting, like, well, we, we tried that. We did that. That isn't going to work. Here's what it is. And so at that point, my advice to you would be to stop. Like Julie, with you, stop and yeah. say, so Connie, let's just get this right. We're in a world now of virtual. We're in a world where people are not seeing each other, talking to each other, able to communicate with each other. You came to me because you need yeah. to know how to reach people more. And I gave you the very, not only very best of my advice, 
the advice that's helping the world move ahead. So are you seriously telling me that any type of virtual is off limits for you? Because if it is, I have to be honest, I'm not the one for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, so, I because that's what that's where we have to be. Now, at that point, one of two things is going to happen. I'll either say, well, I didn't say, no, I didn't say, no, 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 you're the one for me. I didn't say I wouldn't do it. I just said, and then you can come back with, you're saying that it's frightening and it's scary and it's complicated and you don't know how to do it. And so you feel kind of, you know, inadequate and yeah, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Well, then let's don't take Zoom off the table. Let's work together so that you feel comfortable doing Zoom so that you can reach the second level and not feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. See, you've got to get yeah. you've got to get their commitment first and yeah. see what most of us doing that are mentoring and leading and stuff. When they fight for their limitations, we then start to defend that. Okay. Well, Connie, Zoom is really important. And I mean, this is what the world is doing. And, and when, when someone's fighting for their limitations and you're defending why you're right, now you're into me fighting for what I want and you fighting for what you believe. So don't fight it. Just say, let me get this clear. Are you saying, in your case, Meredith, you know, are you saying that you are not at all open to learning about any of your clients to see what it is that they're needing and wanting so you can address that. Are you telling me you're not open? Because I have to tell you, for me, that's a huge piece of closing a deal. And if really you're not at all interested in learning anything about your client, I'm not the right person for you. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of value in being able to walk away and being super clear on where your parameters are. Yes. And, and so, and, and at that point, then I said one of two things, either I'm going to, I don't want to lose you. And I was just doing my typical fighting for our limitations is habitual. We have doing it forever. You know, we started when we were two, but I want the cookie and I need the cookie and you know, you go to work and you don't care about me and you didn't fix my lunch, blah, 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 blah. And that's why, that's why I did what I did. So the first one is they'll apologize and say, no, 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 I just, and so then you, then you meet them at their level. So you're saying, Connie, that it's, it's kind of awkward to ask somebody what's wrong and you're not comfortable with that. And you maybe, do you feel that getting into their feelings is invading their privacy? Let's talk. So now you're moving into therapy mode Mm -hmm. and salespeople have to be therapists. You have to move into, you've given an, an outstanding idea. So now why is that idea being resisted? So first you've said, if you are totally not at all interested in this, I'm out. Because yep. they're, what, you're, you're, you can't help this person. If yep. they are refusing to do what you two think is right and you're the experts, when I come back and tell you, it's, I am open, but it's scary, it's afraid, it's awkward, I feel dumb. Now you work on me, so let's do this. Let's spend some time talking about why this is awkward and scary to you. Okay. But I could say, you know what, Julia, you're right. I have, I have no idea, no dream of ever doing a zoom call. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be virtual. I want this thing to be over. And then your answer would be what? Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I totally get it. And I, and I, you know, if you find that you're ready to change your mind, like I'm always here to support you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you do. 
And then, and, but I mean, for everybody watching, it, it looks like I'm teaching you two and I'm not, I'm teaching because everybody here watching yeah. is mentoring someone, leading someone, their parents, you, you do the same thing with kids, you know, yeah. spouses, people keep coming to us with a problem. And then if, if they come to us with a problem and we have an idea, then they begin to fight. And so the best thing is, if you're telling me that you're not going to ever hang around good kids and you're just going to drive and get speeding tickets and not, if that's what you're telling me is going to happen, then we're going to have to change some rules here. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I didn't tell you that's what's going to happen. So I think yeah. um, I, I've always said, and I, I've trained, I, in fact, I was leading a, a session uh, yesterday morning with the public group training that I do. And, and one of the things that we talked about was setting that expectation and just like creating that opening. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the line is, have you already decided it can't get any better? Or are you open to another possibility? Mm -hmm. Are you open to a new option? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's a nice compliment to what you were saying, because you're right. If somebody isn't open, they don't have that self-awareness. If they're fighting for those limitations, which I love that idea and I never articulated it that way. Um, but that may, I, I see that all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, I can't ask for that much money. You know, oh, I can't talk to a CEO right. or a business owner. Like I'm just a product manager right. or, a, you know, I'm just the same. That works out good when well, you're doing right. the same choice. There's it's all those limitations and if you're honestly, open if to open. If, if you're yeah. open to learning more about technology, if you're open to learning about a Zoom call, if you're open to learning, I'm here for you because that's what I do. And we can yeah. spend a time or two just talking about that and then check back in in a couple of sessions. But I have to tell you, if you're not open to any change at all, then, then it wouldn't be wise for you. It's not worth your money or your time. I'm not the person for you. Yeah. And, and it followed me and Merritt knows that because she's no, it followed me in speaking too. I was always saying, um, and it just happened recently. When I do virtual calls now, when I do virtual keynotes, I never used PowerPoint I, slides. I went into the audience. I brought people up on stage. I was always super, super interactive. And, and so when I started virtual, I was like, I can't lose that. That's me. Okay. That's who I am. And so at the very beginning, I started requiring that any company that hired me to do their keynote, I had to have eight to 12 people on the screen. Yeah. They had to go into their audience, bring eight to 12 people. And just like this, do you see the role play I just did? Mm -hmm. Well, I do that in my keynote, you know, okay, yeah. let's say this is a keynote. Merit, let's pretend you're, and, and that makes so much sense for all the people yeah. watching to see us do a role play. And they're saying, oh my God, I just said that. That is just what somebody did. So they're hearing the voices and the tones. Well, well recently I got a offer, an offer at, you know, good money, but they don't want to put any people on the screen. They just want me to memorize, you know, go in and script it and do a 60 minute and send them the, the tape. And Merritt knows, cause I called her about, I mean, this is a struggle for some of us, you know, we've got yeah. reputation over here and we have money over here and we have who we are and what we think our gifts are over here, but we have like who am I to turn down a job? You know, this is a hard time. I mean, all those decisions. And I finally called the client and, and said, I, I would love this job. I mean, I, it's, it's a group I know, it's an industry I know, but what sets me apart 
allows me to stand out from the crowd of tons of speakers is that I can do role play. I can play yeah. off of other people. I can act things out. I can talk to people. It's where I get my energy. And, and so I have to say no. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us watching, especially people in sales, compromise themselves a lot because they want to close the deal. But sometimes we have to just say, here's who I am and this is what I believe. And if you're gonna want to only go this direction, I don't feel comfortable. I don't think it's the right thing for you. And maybe I'm not the right mentor in this case for you. Yeah, Yeah. I think that makes so much sense. Uh, You know, there's, I think it does something internally, right? When you can um, stand in your power and your saying no to business that really isn't the right fit and you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not driven just by money or the, you know, the, the, that adrenaline of the close of the sale, but you're really not just taking care of the prospect because if they're not open, they're not going to get the results and it's, it's going to impact your, you know, your, um, uh, Oh, reputation. Reputation. Yes. Thank you. And, and, Um, And the essence of who you are. And I think for all the people watching, what you really, really have to do is be very self-aware of what your strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. And and I mean, those we just have, you know, people say, do you work on your weaknesses as little as humanly possible? I don't have (laughs) the time. I mean, I have so many flaws. I don't have the time. People are like, well, I thought we're supposed to work on our weaknesses. I said, I find it more easy to, I'm, I suck at this, goodbye. I'm great at this, let's just go for it. So I try to put all my time and energy into my strengths, unless my weaknesses are hurting someone or hurting myself or hurting my reputation, that's one thing. But you know, mostly it's just strengths. And my strength is being able, I mean, very, very few speakers could put 10 or 12 people on a screen, mics on and cameras on, and feel totally comfortable talking to them, interacting with them, having comedy fun with them, um, you know. And so if that's what sets me apart, if I decide to give all that up for the money, it's, I, I will never probably forgive myself. And I think that's when we start to dilute our success is when we start to do things for the wrong reason. Well, I... I think that's a a perfect place to like put a bow on that. Um, You know, let's not do things for the wrong reasons anymore. Let's build the right relationships. Let's make sure we're asking questions like, are you open to and really testing people to see if they're going to fight for those limitations or if they're open to new possibilities? Because honestly, with whatever you're selling, if you're not starting with somebody who's open to a new possibility or they're open to things getting better than they are, then you're, you're going to waste all your expertise you're going to feel frustrated as all get out you know you're you're not going to have the results with these people it's going to impact your reputation but then even worse than that it's going to start to it you know hurt you and that's when the self-talk comes in and says well maybe you're not that good so i think i've learned so much from this conversation connie i as i always do from our conversation (laughs) um but that the couple of takeaways uh that i'm really going to lean into are that you know 
stop fighting for limitations. And the fact that that's habitual, I think when you said it like that, fighting for limitations is habitual. We just do it automatically. We've been doing it since we were kids. And so to all of a sudden get somebody out of that automatic conditioned way of being um, requires the second thing I'm taking away from you, which is that salespeople are therapists. You know, we really do need to ask good questions and get to the real issues and solve the real problems. And um, I think those are really good things. I'm going to do a shameless plug because why not? Um, because it's not just good for me, but it's good for everybody listening. And one of the, the one of the gifts that I have is um, I'm, I'm highly trained and highly skilled with emotional intelligence. And one of the attributes that we assess for in this tool that I use from a company called Multi-Health Systems, which is like the premier uh, emotional intelligence assessment company in the world with the most scientifically validated tool. And one of the things we assess for is emotional self-awareness. And so that's a great way to really get a handle on where am I? Like, how much do I really know about myself and my strengths? And then how do you use those strengths to bring up those, you know, lean into the strengths to bring up the weaker areas, not try to fix your weaknesses, which is not only useless, but also not a lot of fun. So um, if you are listening or watching in the show notes, we'll put a link to um, schedule an emotional intelligence assessment and a debrief personally with me. And I'm, I'm even going to put in a little listener discount for you. So, so let me, yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to second that as well, because here's the thing. If you are in sales and you have not spent any time working with somebody, namely merit would be a good choice, but you haven't spent any time working with somebody who focuses on emotional intelligence with a, with a look specifically at sales. That is a huge missed opportunity in improving your sales prowess and your sales results. Because if you don't know where you're struggling or where your strengths are, and you can't call those out and, and really focus your energy where you need to, you're always going to be trying to sell with both hands tied behind your back. So, so go yeah. and take advantage of that. And I want to add one thing for any of you listening that have heard this and have had any like, oh, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't want to do it. If you've had any immediate resistance or reluctance, reluctance is either ego or fear. Okay. Those are the two things that keep us from learning about ourselves Either our ego is like, I don't want to know. I'm doing great. I'm making decent money. I don't need to know any of that stuff. So that's just ego, which ego never quite wants us to be as successful as we really could be. Or it's fear. You know, I already know this. My mom spent a whole life telling me how bad I was. And now I have a spouse and now I have this and I know I'm terrible and I don't need to have anyone. So we're either don't think we need it because we're great already, which is such a misnomer, or we're afraid to find out more. And this is yeah. test just for you. No one else is going to see the results. No one else is going to know what happens unless you want to talk to somebody about the results. But I would agree with all of you that if you don't understand yourself, then you will never be as successful in sales as you could possibly be. That's a great point. And, you know, here's, and I think, you know, I mean, certainly I've walked away with some great, I mean, even that last tidbit right there, Connie, is pure gold, right? Oh. You know, and, and even asking ourselves, is it ego or fear that's stopping me? But I would love, Connie, what is one or two great resources that you have that you could share? And we'll put links to those in our, in our kind of free resources page, but where can we send people? Because I know that you've got 
a bag of really great content well, that would be useful. So was there a particular book that you'd recommend? Are we, what the, should we share with everyone? Okay, the Life Would Be Easy book is just, it's about everybody. It's why people act like idiots. I wanted to name Life Would Be Easy if it weren't for blank, blank. That's a profane word that no one would have allowed me to use. And then I wanted to go, Life Would Be Easy if it weren't for idiots, because that's really what this book means especially when we're the idiot in the situation. So the book says, here's why people do what they do. Here's what you're doing that you think is going to help that. Here's why that is not working at all. It's just exacerbating it. And here's what you would need to do to make this relationship tolerable and even successful. But my favorite one is this, which is the best sales book ever. And this is, um, and on the other side, it's the best sales leadership book ever. So if you're a, a sales leader, you can get the leadership book and, and you need to read both. But the reason why I like this is because it's the like 90 things you need to quit. And I'm very much a reality therapist. So it's quit doing this, quit doing that. Quit. And the reason why I like the word quit I'm not telling you to quit because you're uncomfortable or you're afraid or, you know, you didn't make as much money as you want. I'm telling you to quit behaviors that don't work. Hmm. And the sign of, of successful people everywhere is their ability to quit. The most successful people in the world are quitters. They didn't quit because it was hard or tough. They quit because they were smart enough to look and go, okay, that's not working. And I keep saying it and I keep doing it. And that's what this book is. Here's the things that salespeople tend to keep doing. Um, a lot of it's about blame, quit blaming the economy, quit blaming, you know, the product, quit blaming the price. There's a whole thing in there, price. It's not the price. 90% of the reasons why someone doesn't buy from any of you watching was not the product, the price, the economy, the territory. Oh my God, if I lived over there, I could sell. It's you. They didn't like you, the salesperson. They didn't even care about the price. They didn't even hear about the product. They don't care where you live. Somehow you did not connect with them. And so that would be my favorite one is that this really, and it's a tough book. If you're a wimp, a weenie, whatever, don't buy it because you're not going to like it and whatever. And you'll say, I'm the idiot. It's really a book for people who want to know what they're doing that's getting in their way. And that's again, goes back to fighting for your limitations. If you keep doing something and you keep defending it, then you're fighting for what's keeping you from su su succeeding. Well, that's perfect. Uh, those are perfect resources because everybody who tunes into this show is all about, you know, I don't want to keep <laughs> doing things the same way. I want no, to do technique. I, I want to do better. So oh, thank you so much. Connie. It's ConniePodesta.com. And I now have nine books, not seven. So I've been busy writing, but I'm done. I am so done. It's not fun for me. It's not, uh, you know, I'm not a writer that like, oh, this is so much fun. It's not fun at all. But um, anyway, we'll make sure that I there are say. links to those resources on our resources page. So go and check those out. And so all of you watching, make sure you call Julie and you call Merritt. They're amazing. I've learned from them. They're great mentors. They're great learners, but only call them if you really, really would like to 
switch something that you're afraid, the more afraid you are of doing something, the more you need help to get through it. Because this is a world that's not going to wait for anybody who's afraid of anything, especially virtual. If you're not open to Zoom and team meetings and doing things virtual, then you just retire. I mean, seriously, just go <laughs> retire. You know, just say, uh, I suck. I give it up. I can't do anything different. But if you're open to doing something that can really increase your leadership, your audience and your sales, these are the two women that'll do that. So, and you know, while you're out there doing stuff, you should definitely go and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so that you never miss an episode of the smarter sales show. And while you're there, you should also go ahead and leave a review and give five stars because who wouldn't, because this stuff is flipping awesome. Wait, 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 (laughs) 10 stars. 10 stars today. That's five for each of us. We've earned it. We've earned it. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening and watching to another episode of the Smarter Sales Show. Um, We'd love to hear from our audience. We want to know the questions and challenges that you're facing that you want us to address on future episodes. So drop us a line at hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. All the links to get in touch with us, connect with us on LinkedIn, find out more about our offers, how you can work with us. All that is in the show notes and the attachments. And that wraps up this nice little episode. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Love you. Thank you, Mama. I'm Merit Khan. I'm Julie Holmes. And (laughs) (laughs) And you've been listening to the Smarter Sales Show. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.